is the Enter Sad Men podcast. Every rock and metal album you should own. Reviewed, rated, and ranked. The last time I saw you, a little, you were both a little younger. Um, 1983 was the last oh. time I saw you properly. So <laughs> I was. Yeah. I said get a lot younger then. Um, <laughs> I was 16. Yeah. God. Yeah. It was quite a while away. It's horrendous. Yeah. 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 Horrendous. Sad. <laughs> you are. <what? laughs> I feel so sad. I want to be 20 again. Do you, we just, do you, do you look back on I mean, I don't know how how much you look back at the stuff that you've done before on YouTube and stuff, but obviously, you know, we've been catching up with you from years gone by, the Marquee Show and all of that. Um, yeah. Do you, look back at, do you look back at that stuff and go, that feels like yesterday, or do you look back and go, Jesus, that seems like a really long time ago now? I look back at the, the Marquee one and think, Jesus, why didn't they have better non-run makeup? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's my first thought. I, I mean, I'm just smudged <laughs> to hell. And that um, it's kind of a bit of both, actually. I think a different world. It is, yeah. Um, it does seem a bloody long time ago because it is. But at the same time, I feel emotionally really close to it because they're just fabulous times. And the you're doing all your firsts, you know. And yeah, that was our first live TV. I think. Yeah, I mean, I I remember doing it very well. I remember being because it went out live. And I remember being so nervous. So it's quite vivid in my memory. But looking was it back, actually, like, yeah. oh, oh, it's called Life from Them. Mm. I mean, yeah. it's just horrendous, really, isn't it? Because the, the TV show we did, which a load of people did, um, was completely live, like bar a few seconds, I guess. But I mean, that was, that's, that's quite nerve wracking. It's nerve wracking. So that that that's really um, that really surprises me, Jodie, because there is nothing about that performance where you look nervous at all. You, what one? Well, the one, the the marquee one. The marquee. Um, well, the marquee. Yeah, because uh, it's slightly different because we're doing a gig, so I've gone into gig mode, and I've probably not completely forgotten about the cameras because there was a bigger setup than normally would be when we do did did a marquee gig. But um, yeah, well, you know, nerves are important. Um, the day I'm not nervous before we go on, I think I'll stop. Because yeah. I, you know, and it can make me quite a moody cow as well. I'm going to be honest, right, Jim? Yeah, you go quite quiet. I've just, it just needs to process. Yeah, yeah. What I you mean, need to do. But it is what propels me on stage and, and gives me that sort of extra energy, whatever, to, to, do the performance or whatever. I think if you're just so jaded with it and have no nerves anymore, I think it's time to maybe, I don't know, rethink. So I do have one other question about that marquee show on YouTube. Yeah. There's a guy at the front who is uh -huh. completely out of it. Absolutely completely out of it. Can barely stand up. Um, and I, I wanted, was, was he a, a regular feature at the front of your shows in the early we do know some of the boys at the front, don't we? Yeah. Because we did get the, the same, and some of them come now, and mm. obviously a wee bit older, but um, that were there at the front in those days. Um, has, I, has he got a Rock Goddess t-shirt on? Yeah, he, he came, yeah, he came to one of our gigs. Um, Who is it? Oh, God, don't say his name. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll cut it out, we'll cut it out, don't worry. We're not gonna, we're not gonna yeah. name and shame anybody, so. <laughs> Yeah. I do, I do know the guy that you're, you're talking about. We, we, he did come along to one of our gigs recently. Yeah, that must be great seeing these people, you know, just following you through the career. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing. I mean, I know bands that you know I followed from my teens and still love now, and it's it's you're really emotionally invested in. Mm, yeah. So I assume they're the same for us, and it's, it does make it a bit extra special i think yeah, yeah it's nice. people still follow us and make the effort to come and see us yeah <laughs> yeah thank you so much yeah <laughs> certainly there's so many good comments aren't there around for on your new album and 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 i mean the the all the the chat around you know when you had to give up the tour earlier this year because of covid um i mean so much warm feeling so much i mean it sounds cheesy and it's a bit, you know, 
miss world i want world peace you know but it's not we really do mean it they are absolutely everything to us we um we always do meet and greets after um we however sweaty and tired we are we unless we're prohibited to do it we go out don't we and we chat with them and talk to them and they're our mates and we have a laugh and yeah i mean it's it, they're really special we are absolutely nothing as all bands are without them they're really important i think some bands do forget that um but yeah we love them i mean they're really special to us so if we let's let's take it back to the to the very start because we need some context um for people listening to this um formed in 1977 um mm -hmm. so I think I'm right in saying, Jodie, you were 13, Julie, you were nine. Yep. Um, so how, how did it happen? And just give us a bit of background about, you know, I, I, I'm imagining that your first gigs were kind of living rooms to friends and family and maybe school talent shows and what have you, but yeah. talk us to the start. <laughs> a bit scarier than that. Um, our father um, was, is a musician. He formed the band and was our manager. Um, he had businesses, he had music shops, rehearsal rooms. We were very lucky. Um, we had nice gear and, and lovely rehearsal rooms. So we, you take it for granted at the time, I think, but yeah, yeah complete, sure. you know, we were so lucky in that sense. And also having a manager that's not going to rip you off like most of my friends' managers did. And so, yeah, he formed the band. And well, basically, he said, bring down the schoolmate. And my schoolmate was best mate in the world was Tracy. So I brought Tracy down to the Ritz rehearsal room, which were his rooms at the time. And he stuck Julie behind the kit and went, do this, because he plays everything, my father, um, and just gave her a basic drum. I played a bit of keys at the time, so I was on keyboards. And then he said to Tracy, just play the A open note. And he basically gave us a sense, and I was playing a few chords through A, and he gave us a sense of being in a band quite immediately. We got that excitement straight away. I mean, obviously, we then had to go on and <laughs> learn our instruments or whatever, but we got that buzz. Oh, my God, we're, we're playing together in a band. And, and then I had to learn to play the guitar. Um, and... I think it's different when, when you play in a band, you bounce off other people. It's not yeah. like you're, you're sitting in your bedroom just yes. doing it solo. So dad deliberately just started it as a band straight away. Yeah. And uh, yes. Absolutely. And, you know, he had to bribe me to get my bar calls at one point because I was oh, tired. And then he says, well, you can, you, put, you can have these jeans if you get your bar calls and stuff like that. I mean, we were kids, but I did it. I, and I, I wanted to get my bar cords, you know, but I was, I wanted those jeans as well, I, re, I recall. But yeah, I mean, and it was, you know, fun. We, it was fun, but it was it very organised and disciplined. Yes. We're, yeah. We've always been very into practising. Dan has always taught us you have to practise your instrument. We have lots of band rehearsals. That's just our mentality. And clicks, always. I mean, Julie is the queen of playing with a click. <laughs> I mean, she's on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite used to it. Though. Yeah. And <laughs> that, that, that puts her ahead of, um, of Duncan Scott of Diamond Head, who... Diamond who, I did hear the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, they, they, he said they gave up on their... Was it their first album? Yeah, Lightning to the Nations, I, yeah. I don't want this cowbell in my... <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I think I've pretty much done all, all the albums to a click. Yeah, and yeah. also she'll do yeah. tracks on her own, nothing else. So yeah, she, no. she could be completely solo and do the whole track, drums, click. Again, this is where yeah. the organisation comes in. Yeah. Before we did the last album, I'm now jumping ahead a bit. We were very organised. Yeah. So I did go in on my own and did did the drums on my own to just a click, no guide, no nothing, because we were quite organised. Yeah. Amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean. I kudos to Julie. I mean, but she's super tight. I mean, she is super tight, and that I mean, I think that's a lot of the gloom of rock goddess. And, and you're a tight guitarist. Well. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, I, I'm pressure. a little bit of the glue, but yeah. <laughs> just a bit. Just a bit. <laughs> the old monster riff here and there. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I'd like to think. She yeah. writes all the songs, you know. <laughs> So Tracy was, uh, you know, as your as your best mate at school. How yeah. how easy was it for her um, to then sort of come into, I guess, what was in the Turner family <laughs> business, wasn't it? Really, she was used to the family anyway because she was coming over for tea, and I was going to her family for tea and stuff like. That. Mm. So she was very, you, you know, she was my best mate. So that bit was easy. Um, we started playing covers didn't we my dad was like just learn a few covers you know just so you start playing songs and then eventually I started writing but that I wasn't writing rock metal I was quite into punk at that point so I don't know what the songs were so I was just finding my feet with that um but we remember the like then give some loving and things like that yeah yeah we were just covers and stuff and then I really started getting into bands like Def Leppard and I Maiden and stuff. And then I remember I wrote one song, Fine Line, do you remember? And yeah. it was metal. And I've been the whole set. I went, that's it. Been the whole set and went, that's it. I'm writing the metal set. Yeah, that was it. Then once you decided to play this style, were there then, who were the musicians that you thought, any musicians that really influenced how you wanted to actually play, you know, so I mean, I'd, I'd love, love to know, Julie, who you, you know, who your favourite drummer is. Um, who, who, re who really, you just thought, oh yeah, I want to, I want to play the drums like that. Uh, no one really that would influence me, just the bands that I loved at the time that I, I admired the drummers, Roger Taylor, Sandy West. But I didn't really have one drummer that I thought, I want to be uh, here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just just got on with with my own thing, really. But those were the drummers that I I I, I knew about because they were the bands that I was listening to. Really. Yeah. Back back in those days, I mean, obviously, I was sort of, you know like a lot of people reading Kerrang voraciously every week. Um, yes. And I just. And maybe this is the maybe my perception is wrong, but I seem to remember that almost every time. I read anything about the band, about you two. Yeah. There were two things that, that, that the kind of the articles focused on. One was Julie's own okay. theme. And yeah. the second was they're managed by the dad. And yeah. it seemed like that was kind of, that was all, that it, every article made some reference either to Julie's age or to the fact that it was a family business. Do you ever feel, did you ever feel like it's like, just be really bloody nice if actually one day they just talked about the music or were you just happy to have the coverage? Um, I mean, they did talk about the music as well. I think, you know, you get used to being asked the same questions again and again anyway. And especially if you're on tour and you're doing sometimes five, six interviews a night, which suddenly people disappeared and I was on my own, I recall some of those. <laughs> oh, we just got to watch the with a bit of eye. Oh, yeah, but you like talking. Yeah, I like talking. <laughs> this is true. And it can, you can get quite weary. But um, uh, I think as a journalist, as you would know, you just hone in on those unique parts of the band as well. So I did kind of expected it to always be brought up. And she was exceptionally young. I mean, you did have the record of the youngest playing Reading at one point, didn't you? But I think that. Yeah. I did. Youngest female. Playing, Youngest female. So just 15. Was it just before my 15th birthday? Can't remember. No. Um, so, yeah, I mean, haven't really thought about it, so I couldn't have bugged me. Right. Would be how I'd... I might have at the time. My memory is shit. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, no, it's all right. No, we'll just... Quite good for me. That's okay. You can be as free as you want because we always put an E on the episodes. So don't oh, worry. good. Well, you will uh, double me. Oh, yeah, we're always effing and jeffing everywhere. Um, so, yeah, so 82, you're, you find yourselves on the bill at Reading um, on the same yes. night as Iron Maiden, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That, uh, this is before your first album comes out, so you must have been... That solidified our deal, I believe. Did it? Yeah, I think A&M saw that and mm. I believe, yeah. They came and saw us. Um, I mean, there'd been negotiations prior to, but um, I think that was where they went, okay. So that must have been a hell of a, an experience. 
Must have been a it hell of a terrifying. It was. I remember <laughs> it was absolutely ferociously hot. I don't even remember having a line check. I just remember going on, going on, not hearing anything yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah. I couldn't even hear what I was singing. Yeah, it was. But you and get I used just to that. I just got through it, and then because oh, I was terrified through the whole thing. Yeah. But it was like it was such a rush. I had stupid shoes on as well. <laughs> I need uh, silver. Anyway, come on. Well, no, that's it. It's just a great memory. Just, but I, I was just so nervous. I wish I could do it again and not be so With nervous. this head. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I would say for a lot of stuff, because, you know, we're older and wiser. Was it our first festival? Because now we do yeah, festivals but, all the time. Yeah. Well, you mainly, definitely mainly do. But yeah, I mean, it was... Had we even I, done festival before that? I don't think we had. No, I don't think so. So it was that massive... We went from, like you say, when we first went out and started gigging, my dad just... We, we did a working man's one one. And I'm sure they stopped oh, for fucking loads. bingo or something. Oh, yeah. Um, right. Absolutely. <laughs> Just getting us to cut our teeth and get... And now I remember looking at people thinking, they all look like my nan. What? They're not going to like this. Do you remember the one gig where the guy came up on stage and actually stopped us playing? That's the one! And he went, yeah. right, okay, stop, stop. And we were playing. And Mid-song! Put pies on stand at the back. <laughs> It, it became a meme that Paul Pizer on sale <laughs> But it does sort the men out from the boys. Oh. Or the girls out from yeah. the women. So the women, well, it's, it's all great. Experience. Yeah, I mean, it's all great experience and um, lovely to look back on. Actually, it's funny. And then we would then got a bit more. We were doing the one on one club, and we were doing other gigs, and started to just get a bit, you know, not more serious. We we're always serious, but felt more like our gigs rather than yeah, we a working man. Yeah, yeah, we were very. And then I always wanted to play the marquee. My thing was, and I used to nag my dad, and it's when you're ready, when you're ready, da da, da. And then a cancellation came through. So we never supported at the marquee. This was a headline cancellation. And my dad tells the story better, but he literally paced all night um, thinking, are they ready? We'd, had a, we'd just done, we'd just had a run of gigs, and said so the last one was, he said he could have got three people off the street and they would have played better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and was like, they're not ready, they're not ready. But this was a, an opportunity. And I was like, I want to do it, Dad, I want to do it. I was like, I want to do the marquee. And um, he took it. And it, that was absolutely the pivotal time in our career for me. And, and we, we did a great gig. We won three people off the street. We did a great gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because we went and did it, and it was a step up. First off, I remember, there's the audience going, God, let's go. Because we were out in the press. We were getting known. So we were starting to pick up fans. And, and the whole place was screaming with people shouting, Goddess. We were like, what the? Mm. And I remember looking out thinking, oh, feeling so excited and scared. And... We went out and we just killed it. And my dad went, right, yeah. You needed to make that step. You just changed. And so it was best night of my life. One of the best nights of my life, I'd say. Great memories. Yeah. But it did, we did go. Was there, so was there a point where you, you were doing this for enjoyment and then a tipping point where you suddenly realised, holy shit, I want to do this for the rest of my life. I think we were kind of... It was always... From the day one, we were like, this is what we do. Right. Yeah, it's, it Very was never strange, like it? a little hobby. No. It was always... Dad was always made us... We were yeah. constantly professional because I think from day one, we were taught how to be professional. No amateur shit. You know, my, one of my dad's phrases, don't complain before you go when your finger hurts. That kind of, oh, I can't, I'm not going to play so well tonight. Cause my, none of that bullshit. Yeah, you're you're professional. And he's, you know, one person, 20, 20 people, 3,000, 3 million, whatever, give the same show. So we were trained, you know, to be professional. And, uh, yeah, so we took it seriously from the get-go, really. Yeah, and I think that comes across as well from the performances. Yeah, even those oh. early ones. Even those early ones. 
Um, so you do Reading, this solidifies your deal with A&M. You go onto the internet and there's, you can find all sorts of things where people go, oh yeah, Rock Goddess, yeah, got a 10 album deal from A&M. So myth or fact? I, don't, I think it was a three album deal, but I can only say I think. I, do you know? No. <laughs> I'm talking to the cat. <laughs> <laughs> and the cat talks back. Yeah, I think it was a, I don't think it was a 10 album deal, no. You know, they, there was more investment in bands and there were, you know, development deals where they knew it's going to take a few. But um, no, I think it was three. So um, I was quite interested in, in um, the, the A&M uh, deal, really, because I... Be, I was, I'm a massive Y&T fan, always have been. And yeah, uh, yeah there, there's a band who, you know, I don't know if, you, if you've if you seen the documentary that they've just released, but it's like a who's who of rock kind of oh, coming no. out, you know. I didn't know. Okay. Yeah. It's a really good, yeah, really good documentary on Amazon Prime. Um, and and oh. um, okay. I was talking to Jill Menachetti earlier in the week and she was saying, you know, there's quite oh. a lot of... Um, oh. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah, yeah. His wife, yeah, gorgeous. So, um, yeah, she is really nice, really nice woman. And um, so there's a lot of they're, they're trying to get the they're trying to get the documentary on Netflix, and but it's currently on Amazon Prime. But it's literally like a who's who of rock come on and go. This is the band that really influenced me. You know, I'm only here because I listen to Y and T. Um, yeah. And they obviously yeah. were label mates with you. And yeah. And I've never understood why Y and T didn't weren't like Bon Jovi massive just I've always wondered why you weren't you never got to that kind of super stadium status so do you think if you'd signed to an EMI or CBS or something do you think it might have been different I, I wouldn't even like to sort of do the well what ifs and that, because how are you ever going to know I mean I know what you're saying but A&M were really supportive they were a great label to us um yeah, and so, say the same thing, actually. They say the yeah, same thing. Yeah, they were really supportive, and we had a great team, and we were always in the offices being yeah. annoying. Um, so, um, oh, great, great memories of Yeah, I, I... And they were smaller, and I, I think, you know, I prefer that, to be fair, because sometimes you get swallowed up and, you know, throw the shit at the wall and what sticks, and if, if you don't stick... And, and I never got a sense of that with um, A&M. They, they really were invested, so... Yeah, because no. the, the other half of that question, I suppose, is, or did you feel that the fact they were small and they weren't, you know, a kind of specialist label in that sense that actually helped you? Yeah, and they were completely invested in us. I mean, whether they weren't a traditional metal label. I mean, there are so great metal labels now. But um, they weren't, as I recall, I don't remember there being I mean most labels had a mix of stuff on it I mean there aren't the can't think of one metal label now <laughs> but anyway um my memory is so shocking but uh, yeah no I mean I'm smashing memory I say smashing to give my age away <laughs> nuclear no, blast <laughs> <Sorry, just laughs> <laughs> Holding up but, yeah, he's holding up notes. There are sort of labels. I don't remember there being labels like that then. There were punk labels, not there? It was stiff and stuff. But I don't. But I could be wrong. My memory is awful. But I, I just think you know, it didn't matter that we were metal or whatever. It they invested in us. They have faith in us. You know, we went on. We went. We toured with Iron Maiden, Def Leppard, Y&T. I mean, hello. Yeah. No, absolutely. So yeah. um twice. So Richard's uh, Richard, I know wants to ask you about the recording process for the the first two or three albums. Okay. Yeah, because um, you know, I mean, you got you know three great producers, wasn't it? And and uh, yeah. absolutely, I'm interested in, in. Let's start with the first one and and uh, and Rick yeah. Mayer. I mean, it you know what a guy. I mean, it, it, you know. Well, I mean, he produced Demolition, hadn't he? Hit and Run. He'd, he'd done uh, Ace of Spades. I mean, and because he, where do you, you recorded it? Was it Jackson Jackson Studios, wasn't it? The yeah, Rickmansworth. Our deal, one of the securing points of getting the deal was we went in and did demos with Vic, and they were so good. A and M said you could release these. I'm very impressed. 
um, we had a fantastic relationship with Vic. I mean, just, he was gorgeous, wasn't he? It was just, yeah, I've got good memories. Yeah, now. it was just absolutely so chilled, you know, brought the best out of us. We were kids. I mean, you know, and it was in a big barn. It felt like it was in a big barn, didn't it? Yeah, we just had a lot of fun, didn't we? Loads of fun. Um, good experience. Yeah, it was a fantastic experience. And, I mean, in terms of how we recorded, we did all play together, didn't we? Yeah. I remember being in the room and playing all together. Definitely. And then we did overlays after. I can't remember if I played to a kick or not on that one. Can't I, I, I wouldn't matter. I think so. Quite a while ago. And also, what I love about that album is we did, it was a bit bells and whistles, we did get the sticks yes. out and percussion out. I was going to ask. Fantastic for that. Claps. Clap. I mean, <laughs> it was all, it's all going on. Um, and it's a great album. You know, I listened to that first album a while ago. It really is a really, as a, a debut album. I'm really proud of it. Yeah, not surprised. I mean, it is. I mean, it's fantastically produced. I think oh. the sound on it is 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 superb. I mean, he did a, he did a brilliant awesome. job. Was awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, it, and it was privileged to have got him, and that he was wanted to work with us. We we felt really humbled by that. He's because he's big name then, and we were. Yeah. This is our first album, but God, how lucky could we be to get him to do our first album? And then, and then you moved on with, with Chris, didn't you? Chris Sankaridis for, for uh, Hell Hath No Fury. Again, yeah. did you get a different ideas and angles from working with different producers? How, how does it, does it alter how you record a, a record, yeah. the sound, how you behave? Yeah, I mean, it was more, we started live together. I think Vic wanted the feel of, the three of us playing together. I don't know. I mean, it's so bloody long ago. I but, remember playing the drums on my own. To yeah. A lot. But with a guy's mm. guitar. With Chris. That's where it all started. With Chris. Yes. Yes. With Chris, it was more start with Julie, then we did a... Uh, Hell Hath. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember the drums were set up and the the booth, was it the... the not the booth. Where the desk is. Was <laughs> 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 And I remember playing for hours and just looking out. Control room. Control room. <laughs> the booth. The TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the start of that process, I think, when yeah. it's like, oh, it's much quicker if she just does it on her own. So the, us playing together, oh, she's hit the wrong note or blah, blah, blah. Just, yeah. Just go and do, do it on my own. Just I've never <laughs> fucking laughed as much with, than with Chris. Yeah, he was funny. Oh, he was so funny. Just like gut-wrenching laughing. Yeah, it was... We were very lucky. We had some great people in our lives that we worked with. Very, very blessed. Well, and also Paul Samson, of course. Yes. Oh, yeah. Such a shame. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we've lost all three of them, haven't we? Well, exactly. All of it. It's just, you know, it's uh, a leveller. Yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, Jody, how do you write? Do you go off on your own and just go, just get it all down, and then come back, or is it kind of you? You come up with ideas and kind of riffs and what have you. It, it used to be. Sorry, interrupt. I talk over everyone. It's <laughs> such a bad point to my personality, and I've tried to change it. It's a bit fucking late now, really. Um, so I, but I get the gist of it, and I think, yeah, I know. Don't worry, I know what you mean. It's so rude. I do apologise. Oh, it's fine. Uh, I used to just pick my guitar up and have a little practice amp, or God, I used to have a little Rockman thing with the headphones and in the eighties. But um, now because I've got a studio, I've got I've got software, and I can I'm more sophisticated with it. And I, it has changed how I write because I start putting a track together. And the vocals can sometimes be second, which really does change how you write. Or, oh, I'll go, oh my God, I've got a great riff and I'll get up and sing in my phone. So it, it, it can, it can um, differ. But I do think I've changed a bit. Do you think I've changed a bit? Because I've now, because I send them demos now. I mean, shit, but arranged, a lot more arranged. So we get in the studio, uh, rehearsal a bit more with a, full song and then we'll bash it out from there mm -hmm. before it just be here's a riff and let's go and then 
be in a rehearsal room and then I build in the room. Yeah, yeah, but because it just sits and whatever, we don't do that. Yeah. Do you think about, though, when you're writing, um, uh, you know, for example, uh, the, the, about Julie and, and, and rhythms or, you know, for example, I, you know, I, I heard you mention before that, you know, how sort of you know, Jenny plays bass different to Tracy. So like if, yep. if you, now you're writing, if you imagine you're writing again now. Yes, I am. Are yeah. you thinking actually around, you know, the, 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 the style that Jenny has and, and, and do you have that in mind when you're composing the songs? No. <laughs> that would be the, the fairest, because I want to push the band as well. So yeah. I, you know, I am getting more experimental with, cause I do listen to a lot of heavier bands now as well. So I, I want us to be, you know, push the boundaries sometimes. And so I'll go, this, I'll put a drum track shit, but you know, ideas down and then the style of that, then they'll go, okay, well it's this beat, this whatever. And then they run with it and do their own thing. But like, I don't think, oh, Julie wouldn't like this drum beat or, I mean... Yeah, no, she sends really complicated stuff. It's like when, when, when she sent uh, Obsession, that's got double bass drums all the way through and it's got an, like an off, you know, like a... Off beat. But when she first sent it, it was a lot more complicated because it was a drum machine and I had to humanise it so I could yeah. physically play it. And for the, like, for the first 10 seconds, it was like, what? Am I going to play this? Thank but, you. But then it was like, no, I am going to play this because it's a great song. And then it turns into its own thing, you know. So obviously I don't go, you must play exactly what is in this shit demo I've just sent you. It's, but I want them to understand the feel of the song and the style and the, and the rhythm and, you know, the time signature, you know, basics like that. And then... Off you go. But it's good as a musician to it be does to have, you. Yeah, to be stretched. Yeah. And it's a good challenge and um yeah. <laughs> on um on this time, Jody, you are um you're dealing with some different subject matter as well, aren't you? Because yes, um, more political. Know. Yeah, more political. Been, I am a political animal anyway, but I've kept that to myself. Um but now I thought <laughs> you know, I can't keep writing about sex. Well I can. And there's only so many ways you can write about sex. And I'll keep giving that a go. But that's not going to go away. But, the writing, um, yeah. Yes. But I need, you know, I need to... And I, I'm not being very specific. I'm just making general political statements now. Um, you know, I've never been... I would never have dared... Well, even dared. I would never have thought to put that in the song. But I thought, no, I, I need to push this now. You know, I just didn't want to write about sex at 12 songs or whatever. I just needed to speak about stuff other than that. I have to say that when I was, because, you know, obviously when when I first bought your album, I was, you know, your age. You know, I was the same age as you were when you released it. Yeah. And um, now I'm sort of, you know, mid-50s and... Yeah, I have a daughter. If my daughter came home and said, here, Dad, I've written a song, and it was Hold Me Down, I was thinking... <laughs> oh, I knew you were going to so listen to that one. So, so yeah. well, no, but, but, but it, I mean, it's a, it's a great song. But you just... Was there <laughs> a point at which you went, I can't play this to Dad? We do. We, due to popular demand, we play it again in, in sort of... Um, what's that word? When you join so I'm very tired and I'm so... <laughs> In medley form. Yeah. Do you? Um, but uh, oh, I didn't even think about it at the time. I'm, I'm a very aggressive, very confident woman. And I was like that when I was young. Mm. And so I just was like, I'm very sexually confident. I, if I want to sing about this shit, I'm going to, you know. And I did sort of think about it when we were going to do it again. So, yeah, it's interesting it's... lyrics, Jody. Hold me down, but it just means it just means I'm a consenting woman. I want to get physical with you. Hold me down. I like it. You know, it's not. Jody, I'm not judging. I'm not judging. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, but it, yeah, I'm... I mean, but you know, I, 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 I think if your daughter came home with that, be happy that she's confident and and you know, 
that's how I see it. I mean, yeah. others may not, but I mean, that, that you're sexually confident and you can express it. Yeah. And, and presumably, you're, you know, you, you were oblivious to the impact that some of those lines were having on uh, us male uh, fans. I don't know what well, Yes, no, I, have, I was at a meet and greet and the guy said, you've got to put, hold me down back in. And I was like, oh yeah, we don't do it. We weren't doing it at the time. And uh, he was like, no, you have to put hold me. And it was like, it was like we, we all really like that one. And I was like, okay, I wonder why. Yeah, I wonder yeah. why. <laughs> Take him back to his youth. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, um, you, obviously you, you do the first two albums and then there's a bit of a gap um, to the third and then you leave A&M with it kind of half finished so yeah. what happened? Well financial the financial situation changed in A&M um, and A&M in Europe moved to something else oh God, was it Polydor and staff changes changed quite significantly and basically it we were mid-album and it was such an upheaval in the company and there wasn't really anyone we knew there anymore and it just kind of all fell apart a bit and they, you know, just parted ways. It was, it was quite weird. I mean, I don't remember, I remember being quite confused because we were so young, you know, yeah. and I wasn't so business savvy then. Well, I'm not fucking business savvy now, <laughs> but I don't know what am I talking about. I'm so business savvy now. But, um, even less so, and uh, thank God we had our father. But yeah, I, I mean, it it was basically the change within A and M that caused yeah. the change within us, really. So yeah, it was a shame. And that album is practically finished and still sitting there. Really? Good album, good yeah. shit on that. So will yeah. it ever see the light of day? Do you think? Yeah. We, I don't know. It's. I'm not going to say anything. I mean, it would. I've, I'll never draw a line under it because there is the stuff in it I never want to see light of day. But the most of it, I think, is some pretty good shit on there. So, well, some pretty good shit on the new stuff. It took me about four months to get past two wrongs don't make a right. So, um, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, thank you. Yeah, what a lovely thing to say. Thank you. I oh, know you like the new album. Sorry. Did you like the new album? Love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, you're yeah. not going to sit there and go, no, I fucking hate it. Absolutely. No, I, it, but it's a podcast. Of course I'm not. But no, I, but equally, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say I love it if I didn't love it. I'd say, yeah, I think oh, it's good. But no, I love it. I think, it's, I think it is just, it's Rock Goddess, but it's Rock Goddess 2020, isn't it? Or 2019. But that's exactly what I wanted to achieve. Um, not to lose the flavour, but to also not be, you know, irrelevant. You have to be relevant. The mu music changed, but also to still be yourself. So, I mean, and I'm glad that you felt that was achieved. Yeah, I, I have to say that with all of your staff, you've all, I mean, what the, I think the thing for me about the way you write, particularly Jodie, is it, there's, it's massive riffs, but you know, huge hook lines. I've been waking up every, every morning for the last four days i've been waking up with the love linger still going through my head and and it's really <laughs> you know what that's a really odd song to have in your head first thing in the morning it's, it really is but it, well it I, I, you can tell i think by the by the albums i pick and that i like and i'm very into songs you know we we love abba as much as we love you know i mean i you cannot hold a good song down and i love good singers as well Hence, Thunder is one of my choices. I mean, Danny is just sublime. Um, and Luke is one of the best songwriters on the planet. I mean, the album is... And you will wake up, as I have been, because I've refreshed my memory and played it recently, waking up with those songs in my head because they're just so catchy and so memorable. And, and you know, and I think... The song is very important. You can have all the riffs in the world that, that the song has got to, you know, yeah. matter. Absolutely. So uh, um, we're going to go on. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to ask, uh, uh, obviously um, you talked about your influences early days for those early yes. albums. What new ones have come in 
that in, influenced how you wrote some of those songs? Because there are definitely some different styles have come in. I mean, I do listen to that. I mean, I listen to still stuff from the old days and, and, and I love, I love the big bands like Saxon and Priest that are now producing really great albums, really relevant to the scene now. But I also like bands like Lamb of God, who I adore, Lamb of God. I love Slipknot. I'm just a huge Slipknot fan. I just absolutely love them. So real mixed bag, real mixed bag. So maybe some pull from bands, the heavier stuff. Yeah, you can hear, I think, that there are heavier influences in there. Why Do We Never Learn, I think is quite a new feel for us. Um, and that is definitely from uh, these kind of heavier bands I'm listening to. I just, you know, you just got to stretch yourself and keep true to yourself, but stretch yourself and just keep moving and keep relevant, I think. I mean, it's, it's, that's not always easy, but I hope we achieve it. But nice. I, I mean, I started writing again. I've got some corkers already, so nice. <laughs> not that I'm modest. So when are you, when, when, when you, um, when you next into the studio to do that then? Well, when we next anywhere. <laughs> I mean, what a strange world we are living in. Um, I mean, we don't know about the studio. I'm writing, <clears throat> um, so just to use the time, get loads of songs together, demos together. But um, gigs planned next year, tours planned next year. So that's kind of the plan moving forward. You know, it, it's really hard to make plans, but you know, yeah. I think everyone's making plans for gigs next year now because we're hoping. We've got to assume life will return to normal at some point, don't you? So... I mean, it's just a nightmare, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's a nightmare. I mean, for music, it's just annihilated it. I mean, it's just hit. At arts, theatre, whatever, anything, you know, and tragic. Yeah, it's really sad. Really, really sad. Um, so we want to get on to your top tens, um, but I, a couple of questions before we go. Sure. Uh, uh, the Express review of your um, of, of this time describes you as viragos. Okay, so viragos in literature, female warrior or a woman of masculine strength and spirit. That's um, me but it's more modern definition is a domineering, violent or bad tempered woman. That's so, me. So Jodie, as a self- <laughs> all, all of the a, above. Yeah, I was going to say, as a self-proclaimed hard-nosed cow, which of those is it? Um, all of the above. I mean, Julie, pipes going again. So I had a leak, so I've got a builder coming next week to fill the hole up, but you can hear the pipes, so I do oh, apologise. So Please don't put that in as well. <laughs> That's too Monday. Rock and roll. <laughs> Joe just getting the pipes done. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Julie, though you're hard nosed cow sometimes. But you, I, I see you as I'm not a the more girl. softer, feminine, pretty one. And I was always, yeah, the aggressive. More vocal. Yeah. Loud, very loud, boisterous one. I'm proud of who I am. I mean, it takes a lot of balls sometimes to get up there and front a band and, and do what you do. And I, I think I've got the good, right personality for it, certainly. Well, I was, I was going to say, I mean, without, without... I don't think it's masculine energy. It's no. strong female energy. I was going to say that it's not, um, not, you know, not, not being derogatory, but, Julie, when you're up there, you've got a kit surrounding you. You can... Almost, it's it's a prop that you can almost hide behind, isn't it? it yes, just it is. Removes you a bit from the from the audience. Whereas Wait, James, you're out there front the and center. Up, I'm going, no, no, no. Put a tent up. <laughs> <laughs> Screen. Sorry, yeah. go on. Yeah, it is. It is it yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know how they do it, especially Jodie. I could not do that. And there was one gig, you know, you have good gigs and bad gigs, everyone does. And there was one particular gig, but the audience wasn't very forthright, would come in, you know, like, did fuck all, is what you're trying to say. <laughs> Just and stood there. They, it was Tracy um, and you, and they worked their asses off and they did it through the whole set. And I just thought, 
I just, I'm so glad I'm not down it's there. It's tiring. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not down there and I'm back here. You're going, they're right, they're right, they're right, they're right. Bless, bless them. They've had a long week. <laughs> so, um, looking back now then, what advice would you give your nine and 13 year old selves? In terms of being in a band or just generally? Generally. What have you learned? Be, your, be yourself. Be true unto yourself, which was advice my father always gave me. Be true unto yourself. You might be able to lie to others, but you cannot lie to yourself. Um, I mean, I wouldn't change as if, if I was there. What advice would I give? Well, what did, advice I, did you give you? I mean, you have a... I... I would just, I wouldn't change anything. I would just probably say, take more in, take this experience in and take more pictures. <laughs> yeah, I know. Go and buy a video camera yeah. and go and take a shitload of pictures. You can do that on your phone now, do you? I know, but back then, back in the day. Yeah. I, I, God, I, I know, I know, I know. All the sound checks with the leopards. I know, I know. I mean, <laughs> it's just all, yes. you know. I and absolutely that, agree. That's a little bit vague. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's probably what I what I would say. Just take more in, and uh, I wouldn't change anything. But uh, be true to yourself. Be strong. Don't let people walk over you. Stand up for yourself. Don't drink too much. Don't do drugs. I mean, I could go on. <laughs> if you think about it, I mean, it, it would have been it would be so different if if you were doing all of that stuff you, you did back then today. You know, with yes. YouTube and, you know, you see all these, I mean, who's, is it, who's, that, who's that little, that amazing, that girl drummer on YouTube? Is it Nandy Bushel? Have you seen her? The, the, I mean, she's, she's, I mean, she's just an unbelievable uh, drummer. She's about 10. Oh, um, my God. And, and, she, and, and it's everywhere, you know. I mean, it's so, it'll be so different these days. I mean, I think it's good and bad, isn't it? I think people's lives are ruined today because of, just this mass exposure and just maybe ruined for the right or for the wrong. I mean, it's just, you know, you can't hide in this world. You can't sit in a pub and have a conversation with someone's fucking filming you or whatever. I don't, I don't, that's a bad example, but no, then... you got no privacy, have you? got no privacy. You had more privacy, yes, you did. Um, but at the same time, to get exposure now is just, it's so much easier. And you don't need big conglomerate companies behind you, big record companies necessarily. So many people are doing it themselves, you know, with the technology that we all have. Then you were more reliant on, you had to get a record deal. You know, nah, nah, nah. So it's, I think it swings and mad bounce, isn't it? But I mean, the people filming everything and, and you can't sit on the tube and pick your nose and it's getting gone viral. I find that a little bit intrusive, but that maybe because I'm older and, you know, it's, I've not been brought up with that. I just think yeah. it's a bit in your face. But Right, well, we're going to move on to your top tens. We, oh. we have one really important question left, which is um, we're going to be at KK's next spring, assuming that we're not all in yeah. lockdown. So, um, so can we buy you all a drink? You better. <laughs> Good. Uh, yes, thank you. Cristal, Cristal, champagne. <laughs> yeah, Cristal. Yeah, Cristal. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get it out of the cellar before I come. I'll put it in ice. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure they've got it on tap in the steel mill. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Yeah. That, surely that must be what KK drinks, isn't it, Cristal? I would think. Right, top tens, really interesting. Well, um, I mean, obviously there are a couple of there that um, really stick out. So, so Julie, I've got a question for you. ABBA songs are the most difficult to sing in the world, apparently. Um, so. Are they the best songwriters, Bjorn and Benny, ever, do you think? Apart from your sister. From a non-songwriter, I would say yes. And what does Jodie think? I wasn't listening, actually, because <laughs> there's kids outside being noisy. Sorry, can you say so, that again? So ABBA, apparently I'm told they are the hardest songs in the world to sing. The, the range is really tough. I'm, I can't sing a note. Do you think Bjorn and Benny... Uh, are the best songwriters of modern time. It's impossible to say. I mean, it was bad enough having to put a top ten together. It's impossible to say the best. I mean, you know, I love Paul McCartney, John Lennon. I mean, they're a, they are up there, though. I mean, they are absolutely 
brilliant. And those women between the two of them, because one had a lower range, one had a higher, very high range, um, could cover quite a lot together. But certainly in terms of pop and, and how I mean, still how popular they are, these songs to, to people that are 20, um, they're, they've earned. They are, yeah, they are, they are fantastic songwriters. Yeah. So I watched Mamma Mia 2 the other day and um, there's a song at the end, Why I Love My Life, and oh, it's brilliant! Absolutely yeah. sobbed all the way through because it touched their songs. Isn't the one? Isn't that the one Mum likes? Because we, and this is very von Trapp, but we used to sit with um, Mum and sing Abba, sit, very Mama, uh, just sing all the pop songs because my mum's got a fantastic voice. Yeah, no, I mean it was. They're just fantastic yeah. songs. Brilliant. So, Mamma Mia too, Julie. I mean. You must have just been hoping at the end of that that when Cher turns up, she goes into bang bang, surely. <laughs> you know what? I just that that bit at the end, it's so camp, but it's so fantastic because Cher, Cher's it. a grandmother, and she gets up at the end and does a song, and it's it's just brilliant. So. So I was going to say the only the only reason we're talking about this is that Abba the album features on Julie's top ten, so um, just yeah, yeah, yeah. for people. Okay, well, Hughes and Trull, I was introduced, this was introduced to me, I'm not going to chat to all of it, but Hughes and Trull was introduced to me by Kevin Riddles from Titan, Angel Witch. I used to hang with Titan in my 20s, early 20s, late teens, and he introduced this album to me. It is, and I played it again last week, and I had it on five days straight. Mm -hmm. It is mm -hmm. a work of art. It is just his voice. Oh, Okay, YNT Earthshaker, saw YNT at the marquee, just fell in love with them and got this album. It's just, I mean, his guitar playing makes you cry. Awesome, man. Um, I Made No Maiden and Def Leppard On Through the Night, both those albums I went down every day to the record shop, no such thing as big record stores and stuff, little record shop in the corner every day and went, is it in yet? Is it in mm -hmm. yet? Till I got these albums. Kiss Alive, I mean, I'm a massive Kiss fan. I was a member of their fan club, though they got my name wrong. I was always Judy. <laughs> um, and uh, I had a mother that was so cool that we did post a picture of me standing behind it, actually, where she let me put up a picture of Gene Simmons with blood cascading down his face, which I found really attractive. In the front room. Which really sums me up, because I was quite young. In the bedroom, in the front room. It was in, in, in the front room. It was in the front room. She would probably so tired. She, <laughs> she probably didn't give a shit. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, Dad was a musician. So it was a liberal family, but still, I mean, it was in the front room. Blood. <laughs> runaways, wait for the night. I mean, we could have picked any of the Runaways ones, but this one particularly, I've sat as a child, child, as a teenager, looking at that album cover and just how much I love that. We just love the Runaways all the way through. Hence the T-shirts. Hence the T-shirts. <laughs> we know. <laughs> and, and Joan Jett was a particular influence for me. If you're going to ask influences, Joan Jett definitely is an influence. Bon Jovi. Ray Palmer gave me that album. And he said, listen to this. And I did. And it's absolute. Ray Palmer, the very well-known photographer. Yeah. Um, and it's fantastic. Poppy, metal fantastic songs and a really hot singer <laughs> motley crew shout the devil oh again i think ray palmer gave me this album and uh the the cover alone with strict i was like wow these look cool really quite different to what i'd seen i don't maybe i was a bit behind but great pop metal songs for want of a better phrase but you know poppy because they're tuneful and you know, great album. Thunder Behind Closed Doors is a work of art. Danny's voice is one of my favourite voices. He is, oh, I just love his voice, the feel and the emotion in his voice. And Luke's writing, though he, some of them there's co-writes, isn't there? But um, it's mainly just awesome songs. Brilliant songs with a brilliant vocal and Slipknot. Fucking love them. I remember the first time I saw them live and the guy with the spiked head got me. And his head bang, I just thought, that's a bit of me. 
Um, great album, but all of Slipknot albums are fantastic. And their new one is, newest one, um, is they're still so strong. And the thing about Slipknot, I like, is they're really fucking heavy and there's all grunting, but then there's tunes. He's got a great voice and sings as well. I love that balance. Well, we, um, we, we talked about your pipes earlier, Jodie, but Corey's got a set of pipes on him, hasn't he? Oh, done not he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's my list. Well, I have to say, the first time I heard Psychosocial, it blew me out my fucking chair. Oh, I it fucking really. love that track. Yeah. Yes! Yeah. Why wouldn't you like it? I mean, it was, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Awesome band. <laughs> well, I tell you what. It's, it's uh, w when we got this through, we were we were all saying how nice it is to see some wine tea on the list as well, because we don't normally get that. I, it feels really? like, yeah. Even though the world seems to know seems to know who they are, it sometimes it has felt that we're the only. I'm the only person, or Steve and I. Are the only people. You listen to his solo on Rescue Me. What's the other one? You're like, I was like, this guy is from another planet. He's vibrato his pitching and his vibrato and his is just a beautiful guitarist and a beautiful man as well and a great vocalist and well he um, so we, i i saw him do a sound check about eight years ago and he had a really heavy cold i mean to the point where yeah. when i was talking to him you couldn't really i mean he was struggling to speak yeah the yeah moment the moment he he got in front of the microphone it was just like honey it was amazing. I know. He ate. Mm -hmm. Very good word. It is like honey. He's yeah. just, and you know, he's lost every single one of his band members. I mean, wow. Well, I tell you what, Jody, and well, both of you, when you when you check out the documentary, seeing seeing Joey Alves broke my heart. It was just yeah, really so sad. Weird. Yeah, really. Yeah. Anyway, on to more cheery things. Julie. I, I'm not going to talk as much as Jodie. I'm just <laughs> literally just read my list out. Okay, so the first one's Black Sabbath, Never Say Die. I basically picked all of the albums that I still listen to now and that take me back to when I was a kid. And I, and I literally put these albums on and just literally go, oh my God. It's when you go, it's when you go, oh my God, I love this so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Black Sabbath, Never Say Die. Um, Zeppelin, the first album, every tune is just... And the feel of Zeppelin is... The Runaways, Waiting for the Night, again, massive influence for us. Um, our father took us to one of the sound checks of The Runaways back in, back in the day. We were kids, me, Tracy, in, in the 70s. We were. He actually got us in to the sound check. We were at the back. And, yeah, so they're uh, a massive compliments for us um our lovely it falls well. acdc if you want blood this is a, a their live album um the first time we saw acdc was what well, goes to college, college and remember that yeah now again a father said something dad was there wasn't he he said watch this and we were like i mean instant love you and angus you're like oh who is and bond scott i say i'm a bond scott girl with acdc and we saw them live at Hammersmith Odeon. Oh, awesome. If You Want Blood changed, changed my life, literally. Just that was the, it was that uh, Rosie, uh, version of Rosie was the one that kind of switched me from punk to metal, really. You know, and it's, life changing is the right phrase. And I think people don't get this sometimes because people flit across different music. And like, when you're a metaler, that's it, you're in for life. That's yep. it. That's why I got metal on my arm. You know, I mean, this is not for fun. It's not, what is the phrase with dogs? It's not just for Christmas. This is like your religion, let's say. That's exactly, but, um, yeah. yeah. Okay, ACDC Back in Black. Um, again, I'll, I'll just Brilliant. And his voice is absolutely awesome as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Death Leopard Pyromania again it's a double whammy because that brings back memories of being on tour with them mm. Wine Tea Earthshaker Wine Tea Black Tiger ABBA the album I, I could have picked Arrival I could have picked other ABBA yeah. albums but for me again I got, I got my vinyl out and it's like I was 12 years old again yeah. I know every inch of the, of the cover yes every, every song we went to see Abba the movie when we were kids with Tracy. 
yeah. and our mum. Yeah. And am I right in thinking that we watched it and then we stayed in the cinema and watched it again? No, you wanted to for a strop <laughs> when mum said, no, we have to go. <laughs> so it's a funny thing, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, it <laughs> oh, no, that was Elvis. I'm sure the we Elvis movie, because I'm a huge Elvis fan. Okay. Might have, might have. I mean, ABBA for me, yeah, because I was a kid in, in the 70s, was a m massive influence for me. And, uh, oh, that's it. and then the, the Runaways live in Japan. Runaways again. Runaways, yes. So yeah. those are amazing top tens and really kind of just, you know, diverse variety of stuff. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, the one that stuck out for me, I have to say, was was Slipknot because it was so kind of out there compared to the other 19 really well yeah. Abba, Abba was pretty out there let's be honest I, I could have put like Lamb of God and there's a couple of other that you know even like oh, what they're called I think it would be more interesting if there was a list of 20 <laughs> yes you would have got a lot more diverse from me yeah the, the thing is same as Julie I went back to those albums when I was a kid that absolutely like were life changing. That really solidified like this is my life now. These are this is the music I want to live my life by almost. Um, and so Slipknot does stand out a bit because I, I I loved them so much that I had to get them in the top tens. But the rest of them are more of a journey through my life. But um, yeah, yeah, it's like a journey through your childhood and your yeah. teenagers. Yeah, I mean Hughes and Thrall. I remember. Kevin playing me that album and then like third time I was like this is the best album I've ever heard in my life I mean it's do you know the album I mean you must know the album yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah brilliant it's brilliant I, I didn't be patching on them it's just <laughs> such an awesome album and um so from nowhere if you see what I mean yes because there was nothing there was no context it suddenly appeared didn't it, it yeah yeah it, yeah yeah I don't know if you can do this but it um you don't have to it, it if the usual desert island question if there was one out of the only one out of the ten you could take to your desert island could you work out which one or at least which one right now going by refreshing these for myself recently i would go with thunder because when i play that and i hear danny's voice i, I do the you know where you it's something so brilliant go, oh, i do the the arm <laughs> i can't explain that at all no, uh, really it'll be between it'll be between thunder and slipknot <laughs> how diverse is it i mean i love i mean if i had 20 fm would be in there as well great band yeah you know it was i found it difficult to put this together actually yeah it was very difficult yeah the first topic was like 10 albums aren't i can
I love that album because it's got that kind of um, clicky bass drum and it's, it's got that kind of thrashy uh, production and stuff. And this album came out and it was like, no, this is commercial metal, as in everyone was listening to it. Didn't You could have been into bloody pop, pop, pop the day, but everyone suddenly went, because it's so catchy, so well-produced, big. So I think that was quite, a, I mean, they were huge anyway, but I don't know, was that quite a turning point for them? Well, that was the point at which they they ruled the world, wasn't it, really? Yes, that's that's my impression, yeah. I mean, it, and they deserve it. That album is absolutely brilliant. Well, so. Bob Rock for you, isn't it? Bob Rock, all over it. So Bob Rock produced it. Yes, Bob yes. Rock. And there's no shame in that. It's fantastic. No, exactly. Um, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you so much. I've really yeah. enjoyed it. Thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. And uh, yeah, and we'll you know we are we've got our tickets. We'll be there at KK's. Yay! Uh, and um, yeah, we'd we'll, love to buy. We'll have a drink together. Definitely. Yeah. Remember that champagne. <laughs> yeah, we will. No, the crystals. Don't worry. It's safe. I'll make sure we don't drink it in the meantime. <laughs> Um, Bottom deco, we do. Don't worry. Well, I absolutely loved it. Thank you so much. Stay safe and keep well. And you, and you, and uh, thank you. Care. Thank you.